Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and we're going to be discussing B90 today. But before we do, we have a few things that we're going to talk about before we jump into the episode. I got some announcements, I got some hot goss, and as always, I have some memes. So, first things first, we'll just go to the announcements. I did announce this on the UK episode, which you should have gotten on Monday, but um, it has been discussed on whether or not we are going to discuss Angela and Michael on any day the last resort. Ava does not want to talk about her if she ends up being on the show at some point. Um, So what will happen is, as mentioned before, we are not covering Ed and Liz. That's a hard no for this podcast. We'll not be covering him. When it comes to Angela and Michael, she will not be discussed if Ava is on the show. However, if something interesting comes up that I want to talk about very briefly. I will talk about her. For example, there's the rumors of the cheating from the last season they were on. So that would be kind of interesting to see her, I don't know, falter. So, but for the most part, we won't be covering Angela. So we will only be covering three couples there is a possibility that this show might go to bi-weekly only because we will be covering three couples, which isn't a lot. Um, so it is possible that that might go to bi-weeklies, but I will keep you posted on that as the show progresses. Right now, you will get it weekly, but that could change. So that's it for the announcements. Hakas. So, for the first thing that I found, this is pertaining to Brayden, who's on The Bachelorette. I'll also say this on The Bachelorette episode for those who um, maybe don't listen to this podcast, but listen to The Bachelorette one. I'll also say this on that one as well. But it appears that Mr. Brayden had um, a girlfriend. Not very long before he ended up on The Bachelorette. It appears that we don't know exactly a timeline per se, but according to his ex-girlfriend, it was very shortly after their split that he ended up on The Bachelorette. So that seems very interesting. Um, She ended up saying I on a TikTok video, I believe, that too scared of commitment people put together was interesting. It all ended for the greater good. I wish you the best of luck on your journey. And this was what she said to him. Her name is Patty. And she put more on her post, a uh, post. I'm not sure if this was also on TikTok. I, I don't really use TikTok very much. So I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> But she said, point of view, you dated one person in San Diego, spend the holidays 
meet the fam, and they end up on The Bachelorette right after. So clearly this guy is a piece of shit. (laughs) Um, So then the clip or video, I'm not sure, it cut to a handful of photos between Patty and Brayden. So you could see like pictures that included PDA, silly selfies, and a photo booth strip of snapshots with Christmas designs. So it was pretty clear that they were definitely a couple. And of course, you know, Bachelor Nation is right behind her and saying, you dodged a bullet girl. Like, honestly, this guy is an idiot. And yeah, but they did ask her if they thought that he was properly depicted as the villain in the show. I didn't, I mean, it's a very politically correct answer to give, I guess. But she does say, like, I think he's young and trying the best he knows how to. And is unsure about how many things, unsure about many things like many of us. So, sure, that's fair. But then I go to the fact that if he is that young and is unsure, then he shouldn't be trying to get married to somebody or be on a show that, you know, one might get married at the end of this or get engaged at the end of this, I should say. But he made that very clear that he didn't think he was going to be ready. So I think that does somewhat align with that. But anyway, still hate him. Happy he's gone. I did watch last week's episode. I'm happy he's gone now. So next, hot cause. This is going to be very quick, this particular hot cause, but this is pertaining to Selling Sunset. Apparently, Brie is very very upset, doesn't overdo it herself, because Heather has not been back to film season seven. So I can't remember what season we're on right now, because I thought I saw Heather in the next season um, of Selling Sunset at the end of the last one. So I'm a little confused, but it appears that You know, they haven't called her back since she had her son back in January. We're now in July, almost August. And she, um, they said that she did appear in the beginning of the season, but then that was it, that she wasn't called back after. So I don't know if we're going to see Heather. I mean, Heather isn't hurting TV wise. She is doing shows with Tarek on HGTV now. So I don't know if we will see her again on Selling Sunset, if it will be like a blip. Um, like I don't know if they're going to treat it like how they cho- treated it with, um, God, her name is, I can't even remember right now. The one who went to Miami to, to permanently with her husband, um, who I said I like a lot, but I can't remember her name. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's going to be kind of like that, but I mean, she had a good excuse. She ended up making a permanent move to Florida, whereas Heather's still there. So I don't know. I don't know what happened there. So next, I know this has kind of been everywhere. We haven't really talked about it, 
much because um, I wasn't sure what I was going to be doing, if we're going to cover this, how this works. But I think I thought if all goes well, scheduling wise, if they're not going to have like this bachelor back to back with another bachelor show, then I think it'll be pretty easy to, to do. But I haven't talked about who the golden bachelor has been, who has been revealed as. Um, and uh, the fact that we probably will cover this. Um, his name is Jerry Turner and he looks hot as hell. So my thing is, okay, so we're going to do a golden bachelor, but he still looks freaking amazing. Like, I think he should have looked more, I don't want to say frumpy, but <laughs> more average, the average person. So I don't know. But again, I will talk about this on the Bachelorette show. Um, so in case you're hearing repeats. And last but not least, um, 90 day last resort. So it looks like we have a little bit of idea as to what we're going to see here. Um, from my understanding, there's supposed to be this companion podcast that's going to last a day. Um, this is going to suck. Um, alongside the show, which is going to be featuring therapist Petey Silveria, Dr. Janie or Janie Lacey, and Dr. Jason Prendergast. So, I believe that these therapists are also going to be on the show. So they're going to be weighing in kind of thing. And this podcast is going to be pod, uh, hosted by Sukanya, which I know is Suki. I know she goes kind of by that, uh, Krishnan. So I don't know if she's going to be on the show. I don't know if we need a host for something like this, but we'll see. But she is going to be on the podcast. So let's get into the memes, shall we? <laughs> no more hot goss. We're going to go right into memes. Meme number one. Is there anything she does like? Question mark. The answer is no. And if you've been watching this show, you should know who that's about. Anyway, Meme number two, and this isn't necessarily a funny meme, but I think it needs to be said, and I'll get to it when I get to it as well. You ambushed her, Riley. Such immaturity and aggression. Agreed. Meme number three, Rasmin can't even breathe correctly because Amanda's late husband did it first. I thought that was great. Meme number four. Crying because she finally realizes she chose a near 50 Bible obsessed incel. Meme number five. Why did TLC put them on a confessional together looking like the next season of You, Me, and My Ex pertaining to David and Sheila and the interpreter? 
Meme number six. Keep the cat. Get rid of the man, Misha. That cat was adorable. Oh my gosh. So cute. Meme number seven. Amanda told her sister she thought it was strange that Rasmund has lots of shampoo bottles in his bathroom, even though he doesn't have hair, honey. He's using the shampoo bottles for his hair or head. The same. Maybe he is. He could be. He could be using it for his head, that's for sure. But come on. <laughs> and that is the end of the meme. So there will be one extra meme posted to Facebook and Instagram. Pretty much was able to read all of them this time, but there will be one extra one. Okay, so let's jump into the reason that we are here. B90, Season 6, Episode 8, Misunderstood. So we're going to be jumping in with Statler and Dempsey. So we see them in the car and they're heading to the hotel. Statler says she's feeling better now and her anxiety is gone. So now I'm starting to wonder, does she really have a parasite, or was this all just nerves? Because she kind of told us that that happens, so I don't know. So Dempsey at one point says Statler, when she says, when, Dem- when Statler says she's excited, or I think, I think it was excited, she says Statler, so um, but besides that, they're very quiet in the car and don't they have, don't seem to have much to say to each other. Dempsey says that she's nervous, but now they're at the hotel and we see them exchanging more gifts with each other. Dempsey gives Statler dead books. I don't know what kind of bugs they were. Um, I can't remember the other box that had more bugs in it. I can't remember what bugs they were either. Um, But Statler actually says that she could smell the dead bugs. What the f- Okay. So, I did think this was cool, even though I want nothing to do with it. This particular bug, the first one she opened up, Apparently, it camouflages itself to leave, so I thought that was cool. And Sattler describes this as it's better than Christmas with the bugs. So, she's very happy. So, like I said, there are more dead bugs that she got. Like she got like a whole box full of bugs. Um, and she says it's the most romantic thing. So, Sattler gives her something that she probably wouldn't actually want. She gives her dead bugs. And I'm thinking, honey, you can't give something to someone just because you like it. The average person doesn't like bugs. I'm just saying. Um, you could have given her something that she would have liked. I'm just spitballing here, but anyway... It's a praying mantis of all things. It's a praying mantis. I don't know how to feel about about that. 
knowing what praying mantises do after they mate. I'm just saying. Um, anyway, so they're going to get ready for bed. Dempsey's going to go have a shower alone because Styler does ask, can I come with you? And Dempsey told her no. Styler really does like her ass. So clearly my girl's an ass girl. So now they're in bed. 20 minutes later, Dem- uh, Dempsey's had her shower. And Dempsey says to Statler that kissing in bed right now will be too much. Because Statler does ask, can I kiss you? Dempsey says that they are not going to be having sex tonight. Hold that thought. She says that sex is very intimate and she wants to get to know her in person before they jump to that. So it's the next morning and Statler says she's exhausted physically, however. They say, well, I can't remember if it's both of them or whatever, but I think with mainly Dempsey, they kissed and then one thing led to another with the kissing, which apparently actually started off being bad. <laughs> then they got the hang of it. One thing led to another, and they ended up having sex. And before we get to Statler just continually to make this uncomfortable for her, Dempsey does say in her in the moment, that she would have been perfectly fine not having sex and just cuddling and going to sleep. So then I, I, I mean, again, one thing can lead to another and then, you know, whatever you end up doing it, we've probably all been there, but you're not necessarily coerced or forced and, or feeling forced into doing something. It's just nap happens organically. But the fact that she said it at all makes me wonder if she felt forced, if Statler was maybe pushy. I hope that that's not what happened. But when I first heard it, it made me feel a little icky. It made me feel like this poor girl was put in a situation that, you know, she felt like she had to do it. And unfortunately, like, that was a little bit of a trigger because I've been there. And in the end of the day, it is, I don't know, I how I categorize things is maybe a little different than maybe someone else would. But it, it is, it's just, it's so sensitive. It's a sensitive thing. But if she didn't want to, then Statler, you have to respect that. But the problem is that I think Statler really leads with her sexuality, I think, to a fault. It's okay to be hypersexual. It's okay to love sex. I love sex. It's fine. That's not the problem. But the problem is, is that if you're leading with it to an to an extreme where you're now that's all you talk about 
and your just it's part of who you are basically it's your personality at this point and you're making others feel uncomfortable about it that's a problem that's a problem especially when it looks like you are very like you're not lacking in the sex department maybe in the last little bit since you've been with Dempsey you have been but it doesn't appear you've been very lacking in the sex department it's not like with Jasmine yes she talks about sex anytime she has the opportunity but she is lacking in the sex department at the point at this moment because she knows not having sex with her. So it's, it made me feel very uncomfortable. Um, Styler says that Dempsey's butt would turn you religious. And then she talks about her, I think she was talking about her pussy tasting good because she's a vegan, that's probably why it tastes good. And I'm like, oh my God. Again, I think these are things, like the ass comment is one thing, although you have taken it out to an extreme. You've talked about her ass so much in this few short hours, let's be real. It's too much now. It's been constant enough enough. There's more to her than her ass being nice. She does have a nice ass, but there's more to it than that. Like, come on. And then the pussy tasting good comment. The world doesn't need to know. Those film crew in there doesn't need to know. That's something you could have told her in private. I'm all for you telling her. I'm fine with that. That's great. But don't tell her in front of the world, basically. I There's a time and a place. And that ain't it. Dempsey then says that she felt insecure because Statler is more experienced than her. And here is where we learn that Statler has actually been to sex parties. Fine. And that she likes chains and whips. I don't know about the chains, <laughs> but fine. <laughs> like all things that are fine. But I think that that's the least of the concern. <laughs> I think the fact that this girl won't shut up about sex is the main concern here. Like, I don't know. I don't know. So they're going back to Darlington that day. Statler to say that she is worried about living in Darlington because she is a city girl. So the next scene now, we are on the way to Darlington. It's about a two-hour drive from Manchester. And Dempsey says, you know, since she's been in Thailand, her place is probably not very clean at the moment and hasn't been saged. And, um, you know, she's worried about that. Statler does ask if she's going to be meeting Dempsey's friends. She says yes. Then says, you know, am I going to meet your dad? We find out here that her dad doesn't know that Statler and Dempsey are actually together. He doesn't know she exists, but doesn't know that they're together. So, okay. <laughs> so she doesn't know this. 
or he doesn't know this, I should say. And Statler says, but why? Because apparently they are best friends, but at the end of the day, her dad is her dad and he's going to protect her if he thinks she needs to be protected. And she does say, you were in Thailand for a month. What were you talking about? I should have been a hot topic. What? Her trip to Thailand, honey, has nothing to do with you. Every episode, I start to dislike her more. I'm not fully at the point where I have disowned her in a sense, but every little bit, I start to dislike her more because the world doesn't set and rise on you, Statler. Her trip was about her bonding experience with her father had nothing to do with you. Nothing. Sorry. Not sorry. We also find out from Statler asking if her dad has liked any of her partners that he's only out of three liked one. And it was a smack dab in the middle. The one smack dab in the middle is the one that he liked. The other two he didn't like. I don't know if dad's going to like Dempsey. Uh, sorry, Statler. I don't know if he's going to like Statler. I think Statler is a great person, honestly. I really do. I, I don't dislike her. and I don't want to dislike her as a person. I think she will be great. However, I do wonder if she is might get inappropriate at times. And that could pose an issue for her. That is what I do worry about, but we'll see. So they get to her place and I said, her place looks very nice. It's very cute. I liked it. But Schaller to say that the rooms are small and she doesn't know if she can live here long-term. So as discussed in the coming up on last week. Dempsey has a toilet room, but the toilet can only be used for number one. It cannot be used for number two. You'll have to go somewhere else to be able to do that near her work. And Statler is a little concerned (laughs) because she says that I have IBS situation going on here, as we've seen. I need to be able to be near a toilet, which I get. So yeah, I I, I don't know if she can handle doing this long term. I don't know how I would feel. Like what if you have to go number two in the middle of the night? What am I supposed to do? Walk there at nighttime? Oh God. Anyway. So Dempsey doesn't have any food in the house, um, but they are going to be eating some chocolate. And I thought, why couldn't you have picked up some food on the way? You didn't have food while you were getting there. I don't know. But anyway, it's okay. (laughs) So yeah, that is the end of Statler and Dempsey. So now we're going to be talking about Gino and Jasmine. There was a 
I go, well, I don't want it. I mean, there's enough. I mean, I have a bit. I have a bit. But they are. So they are at the therapist's office. They they have a week and a half left together. Honey, just say the say he's only been there for like four days. This has all been in four days. Oh my goodness gracious. But anyway, the therapist says, you know, it takes more time to fix problems than in just one session. Like you need more than one session. Thank you for saying that. Did someone want to say that to uh, to Darcy or anyone else who's had therapy? I know someone else has had therapy. Oh yeah, Miserable Bitch and Johan, they have therapy too. Yeah, anyway. I think they did. Maybe I'm wrong. I feel like they did do some, maybe it's not them, but someone from the Dominican did, but I feel like it was them. Anyway. Um, Jasmine, you know, gets to the background of their relationship and long distance, how long they've been together, all of that. Gino says that she makes bad comments to him all the time. And then he brings up Dane Dan. And she, I believe she tells him that she kept the friendship from him because Oh, no, sorry. She kept the friendship with Dane Dan because they have good communication. Hit number one. She says that she's not sexually satisfied, which we know. He pushes her away, she says. He denies this, but um, from what we've seen, from what we've heard, you know, you do push her away. Even if you're not like, you're not physically pushing her away. You might not be like in her face being like, no, but in a sense you are with your words. There's no doubt. But she also says that he makes comments about her private parts, which again, I want to know what that is. I don't know. As I go through my notes, I don't think we find out really what the problem is if there's more to it, but I am curious, like I said last week, if this is why she got her vagina tightened. Um, but she does give us an example where they were in the shower together. Okay. And that's very closely to what I'm saying for those who didn't watch the show. They were in the shower together. Okay. And she was showing off her body to him. And he started gagging. Okay. Now he doesn't deny that he did that. Which I can tell you right now, I wouldn't be with my man if he did that to me. Because again, and I've said this to him even, and I'll say it here, and this is just how I interpret things if everyone is different. For me, I think the easiest thing for me to trust you with is my body. My heart, my thoughts, 
those are things that are harder. So if you lose the trust, it's going to be harder for you to gain it back. So if you make me lose security with you having my body in your hands, then there's no point in a relationship at that point. It's done. Personally, it's done. Because if I can't trust you with that, then I can't trust you with anything. So if my man did that to me, which full disclosure, he's never did. He's never done that. But if he ever did, that's a problem. So the fact that he did this and thinks it's what, okay, I don't know. And she's allowing it in a sense. That's a problem. It really is. Um, he says that, remember I said they were in the shower. He says that he was trying to talk to her and wasn't trying to do all of that in the shower. You're trying to talk to her in the shower. Honey, shower time isn't for talking time. It's for put your hands on my body time. (laughs) I, I otherwise get out the fucking shower so I can just shower. We can talk outside the shower, not in the shower. I didn't understand that. I was so confused. She says she has abandonment issues that she has talked about briefly because, well, I don't know if we even knew this before, actually. I feel like we've, she's talked about it from the perspective of her ex, but her dad left her when she was three years old. So she also has the parental abandonment. She says she would do anything to feel loved. And I said, and there it is. Ding, ding, ding. You're willing to feel anything to feel loved. That you're going to go through this nonsense with Gino or any other man for that matter. Just so you can feel loved by them. Because your dad, you felt, doesn't love you. Well, clearly he didn't care because he just left. He's an asshole. Any man who leaves their child is an asshole. So I, I, any parent that leaves their child is an asshole. Not just father, but... Yeah. Um, she says they never have sex. As we know, they've only had sex seven times in the entire time they've been together. He says, if you want better intimacy, we need to stop arguing. Maybe you would not argue if you were intimate as much, I should say, honestly. But the therapist kind of says that in a sense, like maybe you will get better communication if you are more intimate. And he feels like the therapist is kind of taking Jasmine's side and is saying that, you know, it kind of feels like she doesn't need to do any work. Um, And the therapist says, well, I'm not trying to make it come across that way. She's going to get her shit too. Don't worry, kind of thing. Then he says that communication used to be better. And she says it never was. I would agree with Jasmine. 
personally, because why would anyone admit to it always being shitty unless it actually was? So then she says that with Jano, it's the worst sex she has had with him. And then he says, it's comments like this that doesn't make me feel desired. And I mean, I do understand that 100%. I don't think she needs to be saying things like that. I think she tries to be constructive with her criticism, but at the same time, also tries to dig at him. Especially when she literally just said that Dane Dan was, was great sex. Like, come on. She then says that she will not pretend to be sexually satisfied with him. And I don't think you should, honestly. The therapist says that the therapist tells Gino that he needs to work on his issues, not her. Like he has to work on himself because the only person he can control is himself. You cannot make her fix herself because you don't have control over that. All you have control over is you and that's fixing you and also fixing how you react to her to not add fuel to the fire. She tells Jasmine that what are you willing to do when it comes to your relationship with Dean Dan? And she says to Gino, if you want me to stop talking to him, then I will. And she says that she won't talk about the issues all the time. Or I think that's what the therapist says. Don't talk about the issues all the time. And she says, you know, go out, go on walks, just connect. Basically, he says that he wants this relationship to work. He hopes Jasmine wants the same. And he also says that her actions after this therapy session is what matters the most. So we'll see how that goes, I guess. But that is it for... Gino and Jasmine. Okay. So after two long, lovely weeks, we have Rasmus and Amanda back with us. Not thrilled. However, there isn't a whole lot to talk about, I would think. A lot of the same nonsense with her, but anyway. So she's trying to make coffee, but she's struggling. So, you know, Rasmin has to get involved and he says that her being there is not exactly what he expected. He says he kind of expected that they would be, you know, having sex all the time, nonstop. And, you know, and have fun. And... He wishes that she was more open. Agreed. He asks about being more intimate with her. 
and she says that she's on her period. He says, well, I still think we should have sex, even if you're on your period. And and then, you know, there comes that sword comment and blood on your sword thing. And I don't want to repeat it. Y'all saw it. And y'all heard me say it last week. If you didn't see it, I'm going to say it again because it's fucking disgusting. But, um, yeah. She isn't comfortable to be intimate right now, especially after Jason. And so to me, it kind of like she uses the period thing as the excuse, but I feel like she just doesn't want to have sex with him. You're there for three weeks. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I understand what she's saying. I get it. If trying to be intimate with somebody else after a long relationship or passing of a partner, I understand all of that. But Rasmin is right. She is not at all open with the idea of being there with him was the first for her, Jason, and that it's weird. And I, again, I get all of that. I don't hate on her for that. But again, maybe you need to go to therapy and learn how to be your own person first without Jason and slowly then work on being comfortable and okay and being out of relationships because you're young. You're not going to be for alone forever. I would hope you don't want to be alone forever. Um, and then go into your relationship. That is the best way that you can, the best thing you can do for your children. Finding replacement daddy for your kids isn't what's going to necessarily be good for them if you're not happy. Anyway, um, so Rasvin wants to go swimming, but she doesn't like the bathing suit that he got for her. Oh my God. I do remember him going and getting her a bathing suit, um, or getting her something, but I thought it was like not a bathing suit. Maybe I'm wrong, but anyway, um, so they're going to return it. She does say that he is the first person to get her a gift, a gift since Jason. Duh, he's the first person you've been with since Jason. Captain Obvious. Anyway, they are exchanging the bathing suit. She does find something else that she likes. And I said, I mean, what she got did look like a bikini, but I saw a lot of bras and underwear and stuff so i'm like is this like a bra store or is there actual bathing suits i don't know but what she did get did look like it so whatever um she is basically asked by the store owner who rosman did talk to um when he was getting her this thing initially that she doesn't intend on moving to Romania 
after she was asked this. Um, obvious reasons would be the children. He does say to the woman after I believe she did ask him if he wanted kids and he did say yes he wants to have three or four kids I'm assuming of his own I'm not sure she says no out loud no and she basically says that she did ask him, so I have to kind of give her this. She did ask him whether or not he wanted kids. And the reason being was because she's like, I don't want more kids, I don't think. I think I'm done. Um, and obviously, if this guy wants to have children, then we're not compatible. But he said to her that he was good. He was fine with not having more kids. So she is a little thrown off by the fact that he wants to have children. She actually says that he is, that she hopes that he's joking. She asks, so in the next scene, she tells him while in there, while they are in the apartment, that she's going to go outside for some fresh air. While getting fresh air, she ends up calling her sister. Her name is Amber, guys. I got her name this time. <laughs> she does tell Amber that it's going okay and that he is cuter in person. So they're kind of going back and forth with that. And how can he be cuter in person? He's already so hot. Uh, you know, kind of like that. She says that. Um, he's very affectionate. She tells her they have not had sex yet. Her sister's very confused, as I think the rest of us are as well. Her sister says, why haven't you, like, are you thinking about Jason? And she tells Amber, um, about the visa stuff. However, I jumped a little ahead. She does say that it's about Jason. As we already know, it's about Jason. So um, anyway, so yeah, she does tell Rosvin that, um, tells Amber about Rosvin's visa stuff. Um, and she does make a, a comment that she thinks he's not really ready to see her as a mom. Then she brings up the comment about kids. Her sister says that, is this a conversation that you need to be having with him right now? And I agree. Your husband hasn't even been dead a year yet. And you're already talking about having, potentially having kids with another man that you're just meeting for the first time in person. Anyway, her sister does say, you know, this could just be the type of relationship where he's here for a good time, but not a long time. And, and give it time. That's what Amber said. 
Amanda says that maybe they don't know each other as well as she thought they did. Again, duh. You, of course, haven't, haven't they only been talking for like four months according to the show? Like, of course you don't know him. And again, this is the first time you're meeting him in person. So, again, no shit. But, yeah, that's basically it for Amanda and Rathvin. So next, we are with David and Sheila. So they are getting ready to leave the hotel. They're going to be meeting her family. He's excited to see where she comes from. He has a gift for her son. So we'll find out what that is a little later. She is worried to show David her home because she is poor and, you know, she doesn't, you know, she's just insecure about that and what her home will look like to him. But before they go to see her family, they're going to be meeting with an ASL interpreter that he hired. She says that she feels disappointed because she wants to be able to communicate with him herself, um, but obviously knows that she can't very efficiently. She does not like the fact that a stranger is going to be there while they get to know each other. I understand that. I get it. Her name's Amy, the interpreter. She is fully able to hear, so um, so it's at least easy for everybody. Sheila says that she is jealous because Amy can sign really good, and she's young, so she's kind of making it about that. She says that she would have preferred a man to be an interpreter, but I think David wouldn't have preferred a man to be an interpreter, so I don't know. Um, Amy says that <laughs> this is shady as fuck. It was the first thing I said. Like this, that's a shady thing to say. But anyway, she ends up saying that if I had been with someone for two years who is deaf or hard of hearing, I would have learned their language. And I feel like that can pertain to a lot of people <laughs> who aren't just dealing with somebody who is deaf or hard of hearing. She also then says that it took her a month to learn ASL. So I said, you're a shady bitch. <laughs> he didn't need to say that. <laughs> he really didn't. Um, he ends up asking her Amy about her family and whether or not she has been married. Amy says no, kind of giggles. And he says, I'm just curious. David, <laughs> mm, I like you so much, but that's a dick move. There's no reason for you to ask her that. 
none. Her private life is not needed to be your information, your business, for her to do her job. She's technically your employee. Technically, your employee. So you shouldn't be asking her those kinds of questions at all. It's inappropriate all around. It's inappropriate because your girlfriend's sitting right there beside you while you're asking this question. And it's also inappropriate to ask this question because you, as technically an employer, shouldn't be asking somebody about their private life because it has nothing to do with how they will do their job. I didn't like it. I really didn't like it. And Sheila didn't like it either because y'all in her in the moment, she starts crying. She's trying to say how she felt about him doing that. And she just starts crying and says, I'm jealous. And it broke my heart. It really did. Cause she says she oh broke my heart. Anyway, she um does say that, you know, this makes her feel very uncomfortable and you know, she does love him and she doesn't like the fact that he did that. And the producer does say, like, do you want to talk to him about it? And she says, No, I don't want him to see me like this. So she kind of drops it. Honey, he is going to see you like this. This is going to be on the telephone. Um, they are now going to leave to go get their bags from the hotel. And then they're going to head to her home. Again, she says that she's worried. Not again, actually. This is new. I thought she was going to talk about the home. She says that she's worried that he will leave her for the interpreter. I don't know if he's that callous. But then again, if he is that callous, do you want to be with someone like that? Anyway, so now they're on the way to Sheila's house. They're going to be there for only a few nights. He, she tells the interpreter to tell him the thing that he can expect, because he does ask this question, what can I expect, is that he will be hot and sweat and there is a chamber pot that he will have to use to pee in. He says, I'm not worried. So he's, he's handling this quite well. She, though, is worried that he will think she is in the relationship because she is poor and just wants money from him. He says that when they get there, that her home smells like urine and feces because you can kind of see what he calls sewage water. I'm assuming that's kind of what it is. Go running through the home. Um, oof, I, I'm going to move past that. I, I, I don't even know what to say. Um, but he says that it makes him sad. Um, she says hi to her dad. And she shows him the shower. He says he'll try it. Okay. She 
shows him the kitchen area, which really isn't a kitchen. It's kind of like a room where there's dishes in, like a, with a closed door. And I don't know, like, it, uh, yeah, I don't know. But again, like, I think his reaction is he sees handling it as well as he can in the moment. So he, she's going to introduce him to her mom. He says, hi. Um, and I'm assuming that just based on how Sheila was talking to her mom, like actually like screaming in her, not screaming, yelling in her ear, um, that her mom is hard of hearing as well. Um, probably more due to older age. He says that he did expect some damage. Um, but that it is worse than he thought. He is worried about sleeping there with the bugs. And there's really no place for him to brush his teeth. And, um, there are no walls and there is no privacy. So next, her dad tells us that he built this home. He didn't buy it. So that makes it even more heartbreaking. Um, the fact that so much happened to this home, but yet somehow it's still standing. So that that's, you know, there's at least that. Um, he does say, her father, that he doesn't really know how, oh, doesn't really know um, David. Um, and that he feels like he can't really talk to him because he can't communicate with him. So I think David understood the fact that it might be a little awkward um, because of the fact that he's deaf, but I felt kind of bad for him because I feel like this is something he deals with on a daily basis. Her son comes out um, and David does give him the gift to open. So he opens it and y'all, my little heart grew a little bit. <laughs> because he bought him a pinball machine, like a little mini pinball machine that he can use to play pinball. Pinball, And I thought, oh, because if I remember from the first episode, which was a long time ago now, um, he showed us how much he loves to play pinball. Pinball. I feel like I'm saying it wrong. Um, because even though he can't hear it, he feels it. And, um, so he plays it all the time. So I felt like that was a very personal gift. And I, I thought that was the sweetest thing. Uh, her son does say that it's beautiful and he does, you know, start playing with it. Um, but her son says that he doesn't have any questions for David. So he doesn't have anything to say. So he ends up going to bed because she told him to go to bed. She feels like the meeting with her family went badly because her family is acting very weird because of the fact that he's deaf. So Amy is going to go for the night. And we see that they're going to go to bed themselves. Sheila sleeps on the floor. So she used to see her putting pads up and on the floor and they're going to lie down. And he says that he's going to do his best to sleep. 
he feels that she should have trusted him a little more with and had faith in him a little more with the state of her home. Um, but you know, I get it. She's insecure about it, but you know, again, I do feel like he handled it very, very well. He didn't handle it like a fucking Ed. Um, and even then though, but I mean, this is her home due to natural disasters is in worse condition than, um, Rose's home was. Um, I mean, at least Rose had a bed, had a mattress at least. Um, and he still didn't handle it nearly as well as David is sleeping on the fucking floor. Just goes to show, David is definitely a better person than Ed. Um, but yeah, that is the end of David and Sheila. Just going to be taking a quick little break here and then we will be back with Violet and Riley. So we are back and we're going to jump right into talking about Violet and Riley. Y'all, this was an absolute shit show. Okay, so we're right back into Tiffany asking Violet this question about the app. Riley says, or is she trying to explain to Violet like what she's asking? And Violet is directing her, I want to say answer, but her thoughts to Riley and kind of an answer. She just kind of, kind of gives some of an, kind of an answer, but it's not, I'll get to the answer in a second. And Riley says, no, don't answer it to me. She's the one asking you the question. Dick. Anyway. She does say, well, first of all, let me ask you this, Violet, how do you know that I'm on the app? Fair. (laughs) She ends up saying to Tiffany that she ended up forgetting the password and that's why she's on the app. And Tiffany says, that the answer is not valid. Now, here's the thing. Do I disagree with Tiffany? No, I don't. That doesn't make any sense because you're clearly online. I have not been on an app in years. However, I know for a fact that if you do go on the actual app, if you go on it, that's when it appears that you're online. And Riley was saying that it appears she was online very recently or at that point, whatever. So it doesn't make sense. It's one thing if you haven't been online in a long time, but your account is still active, but that's not what Riley said. So I do have to agree with Tiffany. However, what she said, I have an, I have an issue with. It's very condescending. 
So Riley says that I don't believe what she is saying. It's fine. You don't have to believe her. I don't, I don't really believe what she's saying here either. Violet says to Riley, you killed my feelings tonight. And he says, so when my quote unquote family asks a question to you, you can't answer the question, but your family was asking me questions and I answered, but this is not your family and she doesn't see it as such. So she just owe Tiffany any answers. If you have something you want to ask her, you ask her. Instead, you had Tiffany ask her. You ambushed her. You bombarded her. And that's where I have a problem with. You're too chicken shit to ask her the questions. So. She says, we'll stop talking then, basically. And she says, I'm going to go home. And he says, beat it. And she does keep talking as she's getting up because she's obviously upset. Like this was not how the night was supposed to go. And he basically, like an asshole, just kind of keeps talking over her and says, bye, bye. Like he's on the set of Mari or something. Anyway, she says, why am I forced to answer this question? She's speaking like to the camera um, after she left. And she doesn't like that it was asked by Tiffany because she is not family, as I said before. And I agreed with her with this. She's not his family. She's his friend. And although she might be viewed as family to you, Riley, she doesn't view it that way. So she doesn't know anything to Tiffany. Um, she says it was impolite. And so during their little argument with Riley and Riley, he did hang up the phone with Tiffany, but he does call her back and he thanks her for asking the question. And he says, because she showed her ass, Riley, you showed yours too. You showed yours too. But I think, like, again, this was supposed to be a good night between the two of you. One good night between the two of you. And it got completely shot on. And, yeah. But you showed your ass. She didn't owe anything to Tiffany. Um, I do think it's a conversation they definitely had to have. Merely for the fact that she did tell Riley to get off the app. If she didn't tell Riley to get off the app, then... There's nothing owed to her or owed to him, I would say. You know, let it be. So I do think conversation had to happen, but he should have had a conversation with her in the next day or whatever. There's lots that had to be said. I don't disagree. The father conversation needed to come up. The app conversation needed to come up, but he had to be man enough to have those conversations, not have somebody else have the conversations for me. He's a man child. She touched a bullet, in my honest opinion. So he says that he came here with the best intentions. And no, you didn't. And he says that it's her way or the highway. 
And I said, I won't disagree with that, that maybe it has to be her way, but guess what, Riley, it also has to be your way. So that's where the power struggle is coming in. But you went into this knowing that there was going to be this power struggle between the two of you. You're both very, okay, here's the thing. Here's what I'll say. I think he wanted to have an Asian woman who would be submissive because he heard that through the grapevine somewhere. Um, because the rumor is that Asian women are more submissive, whether that is the case or not, I don't know. But I think we have been shown fairly clearly that there are a lot of Asian women who are not submissive to their man. They won't take your shit. So I think he went into this thinking that he'll find someone who will. And that's not what he got with her. So I think that's the problem. And it's very misogynistic and he was not going to have that with her. So she says that he acts like a child. Yes, he does. A psycho. I'm going to go as far as a psycho, but maybe narcissist. Um, she said he should have treated her better. I think it can go both ways with that, personally. And she said instead of interrogating her like a cop, and again, I do agree. I think his approach on having these conversations with her is like an interrogation. But at the same time, I do think, like I said before, there are things that they do need to discuss with each other. She doesn't think he is a man and she can't entrust her life to him. And I agree. I don't think he's very trustworthy. And he's, like I've said, (laughs) as he tried to say, he showed his ass to her. So, and again, I think she's completely dodged a bullet and I hope she completely steers clear of, of him. But that is it on Riley and Violet. So last but not least, we are with Misha and Nicola. So we find out Nicola likes monkeys, or sorry, loves the monkeys. For those who know what one weird term to call a woman's vagina, you're like, do you? Okay. So they are going to the Catholic village. That's what it's called. He goes to church there. She will be meeting Wasim. So I thought it was his brother. It's actually Wasim. So the church is, it's nice. Nothing to run home about. It's nice. So he takes her up to, like, on the roof of the church. And there's a nice view, but Misha is like, oh my God. Like she's just like freaking out. And I'm just like, calm down. It's, it's a nice view, but it's not fantastic. Like it's okay. (laughs) Um, but anyway, not like that. Anyway, she is going back down the stairs, but Nicola, like, no, 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 no. Let me go first. She can't go first. Anyway, whatever. So we see 
Nicola and Wasim talking. Wasim just got there and we kind of see um, Misha kind of over yonder and she has found this sweet baby cat, this kitty. He's so cute. His little face. I'm like, okay, take him home. <laughs> Such a cutie pie. Um, she has named the cat Biscuit. She will not put this kitty down. Nicola has actually put the kitty down. She said no. She's not doing it. He thinks that, you know, it's kind of rude. He's irritated by it. He thinks that she should be focusing on this conversation with Wasim and not the cat. Mm. I don't know. Okay, it was really cute. Um, so then his Wasim's wife, he says that she will be there soon. So then instead of talking about how nice it's been to have Misha there, how happy he is that she's there. He ends up talking about the mess that Misha made with the suitcases. And I'm like, I forgot about that, honestly, um, until he brought it up. And I'm like, that's like the thing you have to say to her or say about her. Um, he said that he didn't expect it. So then Masim's wife shows up, fine. And then Misha says that they are trying to work things out, figure things out, you know? He says that she is going, quote-unquote, crazy about his family. And Wasim seems to agree with Misha and says that you can, what can you do for Misha when it comes to the family? Like, clearly she wants to meet them, so what can you do about it? And he says that, Leave the family alone. We will be our own family. That's not very Catholic-like of you, Nicola. You're not just marrying the person. You are marrying an entire... You're marrying two families together. So I'm very confused as to like why he would say that. I don't know. Um, he says you know what I've sacrificed in the last 48 hours. And she said that he's being dismissive. So I clocked that when he said what I've sacrificed in the last 48 hours. He's basically talking about the fact that he's gone to the club and went dancing when he said he wouldn't do that. He went to a bar to drink. Um, but maybe he maybe wouldn't do that on a regular day sleeping in the same room with her maybe it could be another thing the heavy petting could be another thing and I'm just like don't put that on her you've made your choices as well as she has made hers so you gotta own up to them it's not her fault that you did some heavy petting when you don't even know what that is and we don't even know exactly what happened but whatever we don't really need to it's not our business but I'm like, don't don't put that on her. That's what I felt when he said that. So they're back at the hotel 
And she says that she was kind of hoping that he would be affectionate. But instead, she was just embarrassed by the things he was saying. She she tells him that, you know, I know you're you're inexperienced. Like it's starting to show itself. Like I actually don't know if she said that to him or she said that in, in the moment, but she does say that. Um Actually, I think he, she did say that to him because he giggles about it. And I thought, what are you giggling about? This isn't, this is, I hate him. Um, she wants to feel like he is proud and happy with her. He says that he is. He is not. She starts crying and God, how dare she have any sort of emotion? Because then he says, like, why, like, why are you crying? You know, you're always so emotional. And she says, like, why can't you just comfort me? He says, like, either he wants to or he does. I don't really fucking know. But way, he doesn't. And she says, no, you don't do it because, you know, you just don't need to sit there and watch me cry, basically. And he says that he, you know, he's taking her places and showing her around. And she says that anyone can be my tour guide. You're not supposed to be just my tour guide. And he, and I thought that was great. But that was a great line. He then says that she thinks she is the victim. And he doesn't think she has a good reason to cry. Here's my thing. I wouldn't actually say she's being a victim. She's telling you how she feels and you're taking it as if she is trying to portray herself as a victim that goes to show your inexperience in relationships. And then for him to say that she doesn't have a reason to cry again just shows his inexperience. She is allowed to have emotion, as you are also allowed to have emotion. Like, she's human. He says, actually, we're going to say this instead. He, I guess in a way, starts comparing himself to Jesus being persecuted. Which I think is problematic all in itself. You're not Jesus. Anyway. Um, he says, you know, he's like, I know, like, I can tell you what I don't like about you. So he's trying to play this tit for tat situation. And he says, you know, 10 hours on your makeup, um, clothes on the floor, but I don't say anything. I said, motherfucker, you just did. And again, her, I doubt she takes 10 hours to do her makeup. Like anyone takes 10 hours to do her make, to do their makeup. I'm not a makeup person. So like, whatever, but the clothes on the floor thing. Okay, fine. That's whatever. But now you're playing a tit for tat. She 
is telling you things about how you act in a relationship due to your own experience. So she's trying to guide you. And then you pinpoint things that are trivial in comparison. So I'm just like, you're a piece of shit. Um, she says, I'm telling you how I feel. And he says, so am I. Mm-hmm. Okay. She says, I didn't say anything about your character. She says that if we do it your way, I would never be able to tell you how I feel. And no relationship survives like that. And she's a hundred percent correct. You need to be able to speak to your partner about how you feel about certain things, whether it be about the relationship or about other things happening outside of the relationship. You need to be able to have that open communication. And this man doesn't understand that because again, he hasn't been in a relationship. This is his first relationship in 16 years and he hasn't even had sex with anyone. So that's a whole other ballgame you're going to have to deal with as well. And not because he's doesn't have experience with having sex, but I feel like, I feel like he's not going to know what he's doing. I'm sure at this point in her life, she knows what she likes and doesn't like and what she would need from a partner sexually. And I feel like this is the kind of person who is going to be so fucking vanilla to the point where it's going to be borderline not enjoyable and she will never be able to communicate with him about their sex life and what it's lacking and what she needs from him he's she's never gonna be able to tell him that and again you should be able to be completely open with your partner about certain things when it comes to your sex life because again if you're not able to be that way with your partner then who can you be that way with i i don't get it I don't get why she wants to be with this person. He says that we can talk about this another day. Um, but he wants to go take a shower and she says, go ahead. And he goes and she's talking to the producer or whatever. And she just starts crying. You can tell she's pretty defeated at this point. And she's now seeing the cracks in their relationship. And she says, you know, how could I have been so wrong? And I wouldn't say that it's that she's been wrong. I think he's just completely pulled the the wool over her eyes and she believed everything he was telling her. Um, That's very unfortunate. But yeah, that is the end of the episode next time on we see Cleo and Christian talking well Christian talking about this is the part where you put on the baby making playlist and Cleo says well I don't think that would work for me Jasmine and Gino they're going on a ride what looks like a kind of like a golf cart um and like a tree branch hits her in the face. And then she tells him that 
she fakes orgasms. Y'all, her sister was in the back of this thing. So, but I think she doesn't speak English. I'm not sure. So maybe she doesn't understand what's happening. Um, we see Dempsey talking about the fact that communicate, or sorry, Staller was talking about the fact that communication was bad in Thailand. And, you know, Statler wonders if she cheated, if Dempsey cheated. She actually says this to Dempsey. And, yeah. And I think Dempsey actually says, like, have you cheated? <laughs> um, we see that both Riley and uh, Violet have blocked each other. Then we find out that David, David is telling us that once they woke up the next morning, something really bad happened and we see what looks like a coffin and we just see Sheila is hysterically crying. And I did kind of note that we don't see her parents or her son. So it's clearly someone, it's pretty clear that someone has passed away. And, uh, yeah, um, that is horrible. Um, so I will obviously find out who that is next week, but that is the end of our episode. If you liked what you heard, please share reality tea times two with everyone in your life. Also, be sure that you hit follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Also, you can rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you are an avid YouTube user, you can listen to this podcast on YouTube at Reality Tea Times 2. If you want to connect with us, you can do so by following us on either Facebook or Instagram at reality tea times two. You can also email us at reality tea times two at hotmail.com. You can visit our website where you can listen to all of the episodes as well as get links to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages at reality tea times two.aludu.com. All of that information will be in our show notes. Well, that's it for now, guys. Thanks. Bye.